Greetings ladies and bendelgents and welcome to this video for Fork This Life. Written by Jinxus 2011, this video contains chapter 42 and as always I hope that you enjoy and if you do please consider subscribing. Chapter 42 An Unexpected Rescue The man searching for the student is inevitably finds me. The man holds me up to the light. Is this fork made of mithril, he mutters to himself. I've heard of kids born with a silver spoon in their mouth, but this is ridiculous. He shrugs, tossing me into a pile of random objects. The collected belongings of the class which could positively be used as weapons or tools. I breathe an internal sigh of relief. Safe for now. Once the search is complete, the students are carried into a large-ish room with no windows, the teacher into the separate, smaller room. Both doors are, of course, locked. Not that that means anything to me. The larger problem is that both rooms have magic tools installed in them. Remote observation. They would know if anyone gets in or out. I wish I knew the extent of the observation, whether it was just visual or if they would have audio as well. If they don't have audio, that leaves me with more opportunities to communicate with them. Sadly, the only way I may figure this out is the guy watching the other end of the monitors as explicitly, and not likely. Amongst the small pile of stuff I move haphazardly into another, a smaller room with shelves lining the walls and all the sides. A storage room, no doubt. The woman transporting me shuts the door behind her as she leaves. After a minute, the manner in those rooms grow incredibly chaotic, so much so that I almost find it difficult to make out the people within. They seem unharmed by the maelstrom around them, so I assumed it to be another purpose. If I had to venture a guess, I'd say that it's some sort of anti-magic. Makes sense if they don't want anyone going wild. So, I'm in this enemy facility. The hell do I do now? I'm heavily outnumbered here, with a few dozen mages much more experienced than myself in the compound. Sure, I might be able to take out one or two by surprise, but I highly doubt that I'll be able to take out a majority before the others are alerted. And that's assuming that they don't have any sorts of barriers or protection around themselves, which might prevent that entirely. Impossible, or at least way too risky to try. Bust out the rest of them? Then what? The others can't fight, not against more experienced, learned, and higher-level opponents. The teacher can. But again... Numbers. The only thing I can think that could possibly work is if we all got out of here without them noticing. No clue how it'd go about that. Again, they'd notice if someone started happening in the cells. If only I had somehow manipulated the feed they are receiving, freeze it, or put it on a loop like they do in the movies. But I don't even know what type of magic these tools are based on, or how they're constructed. Let alone how to modify or manipulate them in such a way. Frankly speaking, I don't think I can do anything here. Maybe I should just retreat, inform the Academy of the situation and this location, and let them handle it? Really wishing I knew some form of long-distance communication magic right now. Then again, I might not even be able to get outside without them noticing. They haven't noticed me yet, but that's because I'm a fork, doing what a fork does. Absolutely nothing. There's a skill I haven't learned yet. It'll probably be taught in the next level of mana control. It lets you sense mana around you. 
Don't know how it compares to Manasite, but what if there was trained a high enough level? Well, absorb its magical skill. Maybe they could notice. Even just flying out with telekinesis, they could have a barrier around the compound that alerts them to anything traveling in or out. I don't know. At this moment, any action I can take has risks and possibly dire consequences. So, for the moment I wait. Once the teacher wakes up, I'll communicate with them about what we should do. There are mages preparing specifically to counter mages. The chances that they can counter a noticed psychic abilities are slim to none. A thought occurs to me. Where's Joe in all of this? I remember he was at the practical assessment, but I just can't imagine that he was actually taken down by the attack like that. I've never seen anything that's actually phased or affected him. But there wasn't any commotion when they were going around the students either. Let's see, knowing him he would want to be in the middle of it. Maybe he just pretended that he was affected like everyone else. Suppose I'll find out later. It doesn't take long for the teacher to wake up. Perhaps they have a hardier constitution because of their level. But it's only ten or so minutes after they put the cell that they wake up. There isn't anyone in the immediate area of the cells. Perhaps assuming that the observation magic tools are sufficient surveillance. As for me, well, why would you need to guard a storage room? There isn't even a lock on the door. Just a simple latch holding it closed on the other side. Easy. Pulling myself delicately from the pile of students' belongings, I float myself over to the door. For now, I'm going to assume that any fluctuation in manner from me can be sensed. That means I can only use Psy and Key. Key for me right now, only the Reedy has destructive capabilities. So Psy will be my weapon of choice right now. I lift the latch on the other side of the door telekinetically and push it open just a crack. Slipping out, I navigate the short distance to the entrance of the teacher's cell. They're currently rubbing at their neck, looking around the cell. Some mana emanates from their hand, but immediately gets caught up in the chaotic currents in the cell, wrenching it out of their control. Teacher, I bridge a short distance with a telepathic link. It's me, Gerald. I'm psychic, communicating with telepathy. Gerald, where are you? All the other students are right. They reply cautiously. The others are fine, they're in the cell next to yours. I'm just outside your cell. They didn't do much research on us, so they didn't know about me. I hitched a ride in someone's pocket, but now I don't know what to do. There's too many of them, even if I were to break everyone out. I don't even know if we'd be able to leave safely to tell the academy what's happened, I explained quickly. Don't worry, the teacher sighs. The academy should already know where we are and be on their way. We don't need to do anything but wait. There's nothing I can do, I repeat. Just stay safe and wait, they say again, sitting down into a meditative pose. Although, if you could get rid of this anti-magic device, it would be nice. Wouldn't they notice it if I did that, though? I ask quizzically. I'm not sure, to be honest, they reply. Maybe you could ask Simon. Neat clothing, always wears white gloves. He probably knows a lot more about magical tools than me. Let's see, yep. I noticed the mage coming in this direction, still a couple corridors away, but not far. One last thing I've heard about mana since, but I don't know the particulars. Would they be able to notice if I use a small magic? I doubt it, not unless they have some master actively paying attention. They reply, 
You'd be like a firefly dancing around a bonfire if their senses with all of this magic tools and magic around. But still, be careful. Thank you. Hopefully the next time we talk we'll be face to face, I say. Good luck, they say as I cut off the link. Magic band lifted, manipulating my shape into a thin needle, I absorbed my way through the wall and into the two cells. As we were talking, some of the students were starting to wake up, mostly the ones who were just knocked unconscious. Simon, Simon, yes, there he is. He isn't one of the people awake. So I wait, maybe another five minutes before he wakes. Most of the students are panicking, some crying, even amongst the ones who were knocked unconscious. A few have just retreated into themselves, curled up against the wall silently. Once Simon has fully woken up and realized the situation to a degree, I reach out with a telepathic link, only for it to slide off an invisible barrier around him. What? I try again, with the same result. Nothing. Well, there goes that idea. I'll have to get someone else to act as a go-between. Let's see, who do I know here? Right, I'm a loner, pretty much nobody. Nobody except Joyce. Well, I can predict that this won't be fun. I establish a connection without a problem this time. Joyce, it's... Joyce yelps, looking fearfully around the room. Calm down, it's me, Gerald, I say calmly. Her fearful looks around herself. Where is that voice coming from? Where am I? What's happening? Some of her panic thoughts bleed through the link. Joyce! I exclaimed. I need you to focus. I am talking to you telepathically. Just think of what you want to say. I'll hear it. Again. It's me, Gerald. Gerald? She replies hesitantly. Her voice is full of fear. What's happening? The whole class has been kidnapped. You were knocked out when brought here to this compound. I've talked to the teacher and they say that the academy should be on the way to rescue us. I explained reassuringly. Her body starts to tremble. Why is this happening? What do they want? Why us? Why me? I ask myself the same thing all the time, but I don't have answers, I sigh. Look, we're in a bad spot, but we'll get through it. We have to do the best we can with what we've got. I... I don't need you to tell me that, she says, clenching her fists but clearly regaining some calm. But hey, why are you even talking to me? I need to talk to Simon about magic tool preventing us from casting spells in here, I explained, but he's got some sort of psychic protection, so I can't contact him directly. I need someone else to relay my words to him. Can't you just speak to him normally? Joyce rolls her eyes. Unfortunately, no, I reply. I left my magic tool that I used to talk behind in the order to remain inconspicuous. You... you can't speak without a magic tool, she asks, shocked. Apart from telepathy, no. Or hear, or see color. Do a number of things most races take for granted. Not like I have any eyes or ears or a mouth, is it? I do the mental equivalent of a shrug, but that doesn't matter right now. I need to talk to Simon sooner rather than later. Joyce nods slowly. All right, I'll help you, but why would you choose me? Not like we're friends. Ironically, despite our rather, um, testy relationship... I'm more familiar with you than most of the other classmates. I'm not the most social person, I must admit, I tell her. All right, fine, I'll do it. I can do this, she says, looking like she's trying to convince herself. This is rather unusual for her, I ask. Is there something wrong? 
No, it's just, she shakes her head, don't you think that he's kind of cute? I am not really having this conversation, am I? I groan internally. His physical appearance is beyond average, yes, I reply. Look, just repeat what I say, there's nothing to be anxious of. Who's anxious, she scoffs angrily, walking up to Simon. Um, Simon? Simon turns his head to look at her, looking unusually calm in the situation he's in. It's Joyce, right? Did you need something? He remembered my name, she says with joy. I pretend that I didn't hear it. Gerald wanted to talk to you telepathically, but you have some sort of psychic barrier that stops him from talking to you, so he asked me to relay his words. I say slowly, making sure that she can follow along easily as she repeats my words. I... see. And what does he want to talk about at a time like this, Simon asks, raising an eyebrow. The teacher told me that you know about magic tools. I coach Joyce again. Is the device in the corner transmitting sound as well as just vision? Simon glances at. Don't worry, just sight. I recognize the model. They can't hear what we're talking about. That's a relief. All right then, what I actually wanted to ask, I tell Joyce to say, do you think that they would notice if I disabled the device on the roof, stopping us from casting magic? Simon looks at the device on the roof with an evaluating eye. No, I doubt it. Not immediately, at least. It doesn't have any built-in triggers that would alert them if they stopped working, but they might notice if the mana source if it isn't draining as much as is usual. Still, can you even disable it? We can't use magic, and it's out of reach. I survived for most of my life without magic, I say through Joyce, destroying something as simple. Anyway, that's all I wanted to ask. The teacher says that rescue as an academy shouldn't be long. Thanks for the help, and thanks for Joyce for cooperating. I tunnel up the wall and along the roof of the room before simply absorbing a large part of the device, making sure to leave parts exposed from the room so that the camera-like magical tool doesn't see a difference. But to my vision, the difference is immense, the manner within the room immediately calming and returning to normal. All right, I've disabled it. I'll tell him through Joyce. I'm going to disable the teachers now, make sure nobody does anything crazy. Cutting off the link, I repeat the process on the device above the teacher's cell. As I'm about to tell him that I've done so, I notice Simon taking off a ring he is wearing over his glove. He had been wearing a ring. I'd never noticed. Clearly, neither did the mages that had captured us. Otherwise, they would have taken it. Oddly, he slipped the ring up his finger. His finger seems to grow longer and longer until the ring does slip off the end of his finger. With the gloved hand still attached to the ring, the finger withdraws into nowhere, leaving only a thin layer of swirling mana in the interior of the ring. A portal. Nobody notices but me, as to their sight and all he did was surreptitiously take off a ring. Holding the ring portal to his mouth, Simon speaks quietly into it. Simon here, I need assistance. My class and I have been kidnapped in a group of mages of an unknown intent. If there is a reply, I don't hear it, but he seems confident that it is worth the risk. If there is a space magic involved, we could get reinforcements immediately, but there's probably the use of the ring to get to our location, so they'll appear right in this room. Moving quickly back to the other cell, I drop onto the camera and absorb it completely. They'll know something's up, but if we're getting reinforcements here, I don't want them to know straight away. 
Sure enough, a moment later, a portal twists into existence in the middle of the room and an elderly man steps through it. His left hand holds a polished staff with an orb with the head that glows like the sun from the moment the manor held within it. Every one of his fingers bears a ring, each magnificent and glowing with various types of manner, save one, the one of the fourth finger that has left hand. The ring is a simple band of pitch black, a regularly shaped stone set in it. His robe blows from the winds of a faraway land, and his eyes are stern and severe as they survey the room, despite his obvious age and the wrinkles and the lines deep in his face. His steps is filled with a strength that his bearing is not hunched or stooped. He stands tall and steady. His very presence is one of power. Not to mention his manner, most people have just varying degrees of brightness to me, depending on how much manner they have, and he's bright, yes, extremely so, but it's not just him. Even the manner around him is acting as if under his control, moving as if ordered, slow orbit around him instead of bouncing randomly around. Grandfather! Simon bows deeply to the elderly man. I'm glad to see you, but surely something like this doesn't require you to make a move. Of course not, but I had ten minutes to spare, so I thought it was a good opportunity to see you for a bit. Simon's grandfather looks over him closely. You're not hurt. Well, their brains may have fallen out their skulls, but it looks as if they aren't made of putty. No, Simon shakes his head. We weren't harmed, although most of my possessions were taken. The ring and the necklace they didn't notice, of course. It shouldn't be difficult to find them again. The grandfather cocks his head to the side, as if listening to something far off. Looks like the academy folks are here. A bit slow, but that's what happens when space magic is practically a dying art. Simon's grandfather wraps him in a warm embrace. It's good to see you unharmed, Simon. Drawing himself back up to his full height, he turns towards the door. A complex swell formation snaps into existence before him, and the wall peels apart as he leisurely steps through. I won't take long. I do believe tea is being brewed when I left. A mage that had been running down the corridor towards the cells does a double take as he notices the elderly man stepping out from where was formerly a wall, and immediately starts casting a spell. The elderly man barely glances at him before portals encapsulate the mage with a vanish, spiraling the mage away from some unknown location and leaving behind no hint of his existence. It isn't that mage was slow in casting his spell. The elderly man was just too fast. Beginning and completing his spell while the mage was still in the process of casting. Everything done in the blink of an eye. Not bothering to work his way through the compound, he strides directly through the walls parting in his wake. Once he reaches the outside, a gust of wind picks him up, causing him to soar through the air just as easily as he walked on the land. The mages around the compound take notice and start casting spells to hurl at him. Raising his staff a series of formations that I had never even began to understand weave out of the manor. A combination of his and the ambient manor, the formations form slower than his previous ones, but it is difference isn't large. His spell completes seemingly to no effect. Numerous spells begun to reach the sky towards him, branching of lightning, gouts of fire, projectiles of material and ethereal, clouds of something no doubt deadly, and I even recognize a bolt of death energy ominously sally forth. 
The elderly man doesn't even seem to be bothered to defend himself or retaliate, ignoring them completely. The first of his spells reaches him in an instant, the lightning, of course, but a portal twists out of nowhere to intercept, and the spell is sent thundering back to its origin. The original caster doesn't even have time to flinch before it strikes him, but evidently he has some sort of protection against his own magic, as it sprays across an invisible barrier, turning to a scorch on the ground harmlessly. At this point the others realize their mistake, but it's too late. Their spells are already rocking back towards them. Still, it causes little more than irritation to the various mages. Often it is the case that a mage is very strong against a magic similar to their own. Knowing how it might have been constructed, being able to predict what sort of damage it might produce and through what medium allows it to counter it effectively. When it's their own magic even more so, they know exactly what it does and how it works and therefore how to stop or redirect it. But evidently, the reflection of the spells was little more than a delaying tactic. Another array of formations is created, and the elderly man's true hand is shown. Similarly to the mage only half a dozen seconds before, portals swirled to encapsulate the mages below, and the others still in the building. Every mage in the compound, excluding our class, the teacher, and the elderly man himself barely has time to blink before they vanish. And just like the bat, the battle is over. If I could have been called a battle, more like a one-sided annihilation. At this point, the academy's people reach the compound and a spherical barrier briefly flaring to life before shattering the group advancing through without any particular rush. Having seen what had happened, the elderly man calls out to them, I've captured all the perpetrators already. You'll find the students in that building down there, mostly unharmed. Thank you, sir. The leader bows their heads slightly in response. May we ask you to share any information you gather from them with the academy? Sure. The elderly man shrugs. I'll send Cleo with the details. And with that, he opens the portal and steps through it, the portal twisting and closing behind him. He was probably only here for a minute or two. After that, well, the events were pretty straightforward. They find us easily enough. My classmates retrieve the things. We start heading back to the academy and I snag my magic tools. A little dirty, but fine. On the way, and we arrive safely. An anticlimactic end to a very stressful day. End of chapter. And that, my friends, is the end of the video. I hope that you enjoyed. If you did, please consider supporting the author from the links down below. And if you'd like to support this channel, there are numerous ways listed down below. The easiest of which would be to share this channel, subscribe, like and comment, and all the other stuff that Google wants us to push. But anyways, until the next video, I hope that you all have a good one, and I'll see you then. Cheers.